Hoi, ik ben Ilko Klomp van MyBarsTime.com en op de fiets naar het werk luister ik altijd naar Set Lusting Bruce met Jesse Jackson. everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and tonight we're doing a family podcast. No, 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 not my brother or sister joining me again. In the world of podcast relationships, I was just talking to Alex, and he brought up if Rob and JB's Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet is my sister podcast. Alex thinks his podcast is like my nephew or niece. So welcome to the podcast. Um, you can just call me Uncle Jesse. Hey, Alex. Hey, Uncle Jesse. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm super excited to, to be here. Yeah. So um, Alex, tell the audience a little about yourself. So I am coming from the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, I, I'm a student. I'm in my fifth year and I'll be graduating in April. I am also the host or co-host of a podcast called Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet, which if you've ever heard Rob and JB's Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, imagine if we just took every element, every, just literally every element of their show, put it into our show and replaced Springsteen with Arcade Fire. And that's what we do. The reviewing the songs alphabetically one per episode. Yeah. Um, now, were you directly, um, I won't say ripped off, but you were inspired to do this because of their podcast? Yeah. I, I started listening to them around, like, I want to say just before Badlands, which is now like two years ago. But we only started this actually a year ago, this coming week, where we're doing our one anniversary episode. Mm -hmm. So directly, directly inspired. That's kind of cool. Because, I I mean, I'm a big JB and Rob fan. Who isn't? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, when I started this podcast over three years ago, there wasn't a lot of Springsteen podcasts. And so, and, and I've told the story many times in the spirit of, well, you can curse the darkness or light a candle. I decided to start one. And now then, um, you know, the neighborhood's gotten pretty decent. There are several out there. And so, um, I'm always honored to be part of the family. And I think it's really cool that you've taken that concept that I know they took from the Beatles and kind of made it your own. So good for you. Yeah, well, thank you. We, uh, I mean, a year into it, we never thought that it would get as big as it is. Um, When on the first episode, we joke at the end that, oh, at this point, there's only two listeners, your mom and my mom to to my (laughs) co-host. And uh, at this point, um, we've now had, we had one of the band members on the show a couple months ago and the lead singer had wow. uh, talked to us through Twitter, and it 
it just like it got so much bigger than we ever thought we would and we're just so happy about that alex that's huge i mean i've not had a uh i've had mad dog on Mm -hmm. so that's the closest i've come to um you know a, a former e street band member and don't get me wrong i was pretty darn proud so yeah that's pretty amazing yeah, I mean, I feel like it's too. a bit easier for us because they're uh, living, or well, some of them are living in Canada, and so um, it's just as simple as like a local phone call for them. But to care that much about their fans and to do this—that's that's pretty amazing. So good for you. Um, and we're going to talk about that. It was funny because when. Believe it or not, listeners, I do do a little prep on these podcasts. Not much, but a little. But, you know, when we're scheduling an a uh, episode and I'm going to have a guest, we kind of I send them a, a rough agenda and um, I had sent Alex a regular Springsteen agenda. And then I realized, wait a minute, he does the Arcade Fire, alf- you know, alphabet. Oh, no, no. I want to talk about the podcast. And. Alex was nice us to come back and go, I, we can talk about my podcast, but I was really looking forward to talking about Bruce. So, so I was like, okay, we'll make that happen. We'll, we'll end up doing both. So, um, so you're in the pretty part of Canada, correct? Best, uh, the best, best part of Canada. Um, I went during the winter Olympics um several years ago at this point right when you guys yeah um i had seen all the scenes and the company i worked for at the time had um acquired a company that had an office in canada and so they're like okay jesse you're gonna fly to visit this office you're gonna spend there a week and i was just man i cannot wait this is gonna be great and it was in winnipeg oh yeah. <laughs> and you you get the joke if people who've never been to canada winnipeg looks like plano texas i mean it is flat it is it's it's just I, i'm sure it's a beautiful part of canada in its own way but it is it tends to you know it's cold and it's very flat and there just is not the beauty that you see you know on the coasts so um, it was very disappointed. And when I saw a Dairy Queen, I was like, okay, I am in Texas. Come on. So um, almost finished with your degree, you said. So uh, good for you. Thank you. Um, but let's talk first, Alex. T- talk about growing up. Uh, I take it you grew up in Canada. Uh, what kind of music did your family listen to? Uh, so growing up, my mom really likes Queen and Supertramp and some... Was she happy with the movie? Oh, she loved it. But she was even happier that a couple years ago they released a, like an official live Blu-ray DVD and it was from Budapest in 1986 and she was actually at that show that they just happened to do this official release of and she was just ecstatic. I, I bet she was. Um, so, okay. So, um, big Super Tramp fan. I, I certainly love Queen. So, she was listening to that growing up when you were growing up. How about your dad? My dad, 
uh, likes Pink Floyd a lot and Cat Stevens. But Pink Floyd was more one that he listened to more when I started listening to Pink Floyd. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like supportive rather than enabling Pink Floyd listening. Uh, okay. And then now that I've gotten older and I've been listening to a lot of older or like classic rock through, you know, the past, I suppose, 10 years, uh, there's a lot more musical connection that, oh, my parents really like so-and-so, uh, that, but I just, I never knew before. Uh, like Elton John is another big one, but Pink Floyd was a, was a, or Earth, Wind and Fire, uh, not Bruce though, if that's what the, the question is alluding to. No, no, no. I, uh, we just, I always find it interesting because I listened to a lot of country and Western music growing up. Um, in fact, my cousins who lived in Ohio, I spent most of my time in Louisiana or Kentucky. And this was late sixties, maybe Mm. early seventies. I was, I was born in 59. So I know I wasn't a teenager yet. So I, it, um, so it, it had to be, I was eight, nine, 10, maybe, um, my cousins were shocked. I could not name all four Beatles. Uh. <laughs> I just, the, the Beatles weren't a big player in my house. Now Merle Haggard and, and, uh, you know, uh, Hank Williams and Marty Robbins, but no, not. So I just find it interesting to hear kind of your roots and does that, you know, did it, mold your musical taste did you rebel against it? it's always like that so sounds like it kind of helped mold you correct it uh yeah there was or one quick thing i wanted to say my little sister who's in grade 11 loves marty robbins gunfighter ballads uh oh just the like big iron she loves that i mean so do i and it was one that i was playing and then she just picked it up and she just loves it yeah that famous iconic uh, cover where he's like dressed like, you know, in the black leather and the cowboy suit and everything. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, great. Um, El Paso and all those great things. Uh, very cool. Um, so how about once you got into your own, like going to junior high, high school, what, um, what did you, what kind of music did you start finding and enjoying? Uh, if I think about like albums that open doors and I was going to say one more thing with my parents is that, uh, a lot of the time it was like, say I would get into a band and then I would go look in like my dad's record collection and he would have an album. And then I'm like, Oh wow. Like I didn't know that I, like, I didn't know this band before. And now, Oh, he also likes them or like a CD. But the first album that I ever bought with my own money was in the fourth grade. I bought uh, Green Day's American Idiot. Oh, okay. And that was, uh, I, I like, I feel like I was a bit young for it too, but that was still such a defining album for people around my age group who were listening to that kind of music. Like sort of the tail end of rock being on mainstream radio. Uh, yeah, I also, like Led Zeppelin four. But uh, as, uh, you know, Chuck Klosterman, the the author, Rob quotes him every now and then. 
he once said that Led Zeppelin 4 is the greatest rock record of all time because at one point in the lives of every North American male aged like 18 to 55, it was the only good rock album in their lives. And that was definitely a point for me when it was like listening to Led Zeppelin 4 all the time in like the fifth grade. Oh, how funny. Um, that is a good point. I, I, once again, that was something that I kind of missed out on, um, because when I became my own of pop culture, it was all about top 40 radio. Mm. And so, um, and Led Zeppelin did not have a big presence in that. So I tended to think more of, you know, as you mentioned here, Elton John and Queen and and a lot of top 40s that were very important to me. Um, so, Alex, how did you find Bruce? So I, I mentioned my younger sister. I have an older sister as well who is three years older than me. And at some point in time, I want to say like when she was in grade seven or something, or maybe a bit later when she was in like grade nine and I was in grade six, she was into this really one, like, like downloaded all of these hits from the eighties and seventies onto her little iPod nano. And, uh, one of them was born to run off of the Bruce greatest hits. The one from the nineties, the one with murder incorporated where he's standing on it and you see his back with the guitar. Uh, and I was just listening to the songs and then born to run came on and it was this like, what, what is this song? I, I, I can't believe it and I can't get enough of it. And there was a period when I went to the library and I got the born to run album, but I didn't listen to anything else. I'd like, I'd start listening to thunder road in the beginning. And then I just want to listen to born to run again and again and again. But then that progressed into listening to the full album. And then I was like, where can I go from here? And I would listen to Darkness and and The River. And it just kept going and going and going until I just absorbed everything and just get everything that I could get my hands on. Finding the bootleg websites when I was still in high school was a very uh, Bruce enabling thing. I just I couldn't stop downloading and listening to to all these concerts and like found like something like the Lost Masters and it just seemed like there was this endless deep dive pool and I can just keep going and there's no stop and I didn't want to stop. So Alex, I don't know. Um, I always try not to be, I do not assume that people have listened to the podcast a lot. I know that there's a lot of things out there and people choose, but a common theme on this podcast that, you know, discussions is siblings. Mm. Um, if you're an older sibling, you tend to influence to the positive or to the negative your younger siblings. And if you're a younger sibling, they tend to your older siblings influence you back and forth where uh, you may rebel against their choices. You may embrace the choices. So thank you for continuing that. Um, you know, your sister being a big influence on it. I, I also can, I will tell you there are times when I do that as well. Um, not so much now, but I, I can remember getting, whether it was way back in eight track when I first thought or a cassette, 
you know, or a record where you just play the same song over and over again, just obsessed with getting every, every note and knowing it and just embracing it. So I can see, you know, young Alex, just that born to run and going, okay, I want to, I want to hear that beat again, you know, where the bridge and then the saxophone and all that, um, that joy that song gives you. Definitely. And I didn't really have anyone that I could talk to about it because, I mean, none of my friends really listened to Bruce that much. And so all I could do was, you know, get books from the library and and just listen to the music more and more and more to, you know, kind of talk with my myself. And uh, yeah, with the sibling thing, I mentioned my little sister. She definitely absorbed some of the Bruce, but very, very selected parts. So her her alarm in the morning for quite a while was 10th Avenue Freeze Out, but her all-time number one Bruce song is Mrs. McGrath. Oh, how that's that's unusual, right? You wouldn't count on that. Yeah, unexpected. Very on brand with her love for Marty Robbins, but uh very uh unexpected for um I mean for her being in in grade 11 and uh yeah. Mhm. Very cool. Um, so I take it you sooner or later got past Born to Run and started liking other Springsteen songs. Yes. And one by one, the album that I had listened to, like the new albums I'd been listening to became my favorite one. Like Born to Run was my favorite. And then... The River was my favorite and then like Wild and Innocent and then Greetings. And it was like everyone I got my hands on was like, this is the best one. And then it just it all it all came together. Yeah. Um, did. Um, so I take it you've you've continued your fandom of uh, Bruce and and as his new materials released, you're involved taking you know learning it and liking it yes definitely although that was uh like wrecking ball and high hopes yes but that was the the last things i kind of got into were uh lucky town human touch and then the like devils and dust uh, magic and working on a dream although the the rising came early too but i Like, even when I started listening to Rob and JB's podcast, and Rob's always like, oh, The Rising is the best, or uh, sorry, Magic is his best album. And I, was like, I always like, I can't relate, Rob. Um, and now I've really learned to appreciate it, but it really was, they were the last ones that I got to. Um, You've already talked about how much Born to Run meant to you. Are there other like songs or albums that specifically did speak to you that were something special in your life, Alex? I, uh, I, uh, yes. And I actually have an ulterior motive as to why I wanted to come on the podcast. Oh, well, I, well, dun, dun, dun. I, uh, good. So, I'd listened to Rob's episode with you um, some time ago, but I hadn't heard JB's, uh, the ranking wrecking ball episode. Right. Just, you were talking about 
land of hope and dreams. And you talked about the relationship you had with that uh, that song and your son. And Mm -hmm. it was something that really hit home to me the way that song was in, in my life. Oh, uh, And so I have, uh, I mean, for me to get to that though, there's a whole, a lot of prelude. Um, okay. That's, um, I, you know what, we got plenty of time. <laughs> so yeah, like that story is a fairly longer. I also can talk a bit about when I saw Bruce live. Well, I, I I did skip over that question. How many times have you seen him perform live? Not that that is a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. Only twice, because he came to Vancouver on the Wrecking Ball tour, but I was too young to go alone, and neither of my parents really liked Bruce at the time, the way they've kind of, uh, I suppose, absorbed liking for me. Mm-hmm. But on the River tour, I saw him in Oakland, and I saw him in Seattle. Uh, Oakland nice. was my girlfriend at the time bought us plane tickets. And so we bought tickets and we saw him. And then Seattle is not so far from Vancouver. It's like a two-hour drive. So I, uh, it, yeah, it was just driving down and, uh, and, and, and going and then coming back the next morning and staying with friends in, mm-hmm. in Seattle. Uh, in Oakland... We were way up in the in the like top of the upper bowl, not even looking at him, but in that little side behind of the stage. Sure, like uh, like just about parallel with the length of the stage, so you could see him from the side. Uh, but I I didn't care. It was when when he stepped out and I saw him for the first time. I, it was this, this man made mortal or sorry, there's like God made mortal that this, this person who I'd only ever seen in, you know, posters on my wall or album covers, who's meant so much to me and his music has, you know, changed my life was a real person. I I almost, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it emotionally. And if he hadn't went into meet me in the city tonight right away, I, I probably would have lost it then and there. I didn't end up losing it until in drive all night when he started doing the dream baby dream just a little bit during the, uh, the slow part. And I just started bawling my eyes out. Why, um, why dream baby dream? So, uh, that song is one of the ones that really means a lot to me. And in my life, I, uh, it's something that, I'm very open about, and I think that being open about topics like this is the only way that we can really normalize them. But I have a mental illness. I'm I'm bipolar, and okay. I at the I was very very depressed through the end of high school and in the beginning of university, in a way that I couldn't understand because it seemed like I had everything that I kind of wanted. I was you know surrounded by friends, and I I you know, was doing athletics and I was getting good grades and my, you know, my family loved me, but, but I had, you know, this, this darkness on the edge of town inside of me that I couldn't face and I couldn't tell anybody about it. And in times when I was really, really low and my girlfriend at the time would be talking to me 
And it just, I always, in Bruce saying that keep on dreaming, I just, I just heard her in like a, you know, you're worth something and, and people need you. And that when I was feeling low on my own, I would think of that, just keep on dreaming. Um, you just got to keep on dreaming. And so that meant a lot to me and I didn't expect him to be playing it. And then when he did, it was just this, this, this rush. And I, 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 I was done. You know, Alex, I, I, I know I've told the story before, but I'm going to, you may have heard it and my listeners may have, but it's uh, just in case they haven't. Um, we dream baby dream has gone from kind of a joke to one of our family anthems. Mm. Uh, we were driving down to Louisiana to see my mom. Um, so Linda and Chris are in the car and we're, there's a drive through frozen daiquiri place in Louisiana. Um, only in Louisiana, you go, you go through a drive through in the same way you get a 32 ounce Coca-Cola, you get a 32 ounce hurricane or a frozen electric tea. And they put masking tape over the straw slotted lid. So it's a closed container, but they also give you a straw. So we had gotten drinks. Um, and um, by nature, I'm, I'm just not a big drinker. So I'm always the designated driver. So we were driving around and um, I mentioned that um, Bruce had released kind of a, a new single and it was dream baby dream. And it was um, at the time he released it. And also that video that showed kind of the highlights of the tour. Mm -hmm. And so I played the song and my wife, Linda, God love her. It's like, that's the stupidest song I've ever heard. Get that. It, he doesn't say anything. It's just the same thing over and over again. And Chris is like, well, I don't know. Let's listen to it again. And so we played it again. And Linda went, well, well, wait a minute. Play it one more time. And so it went from the more she heard it, the more it became almost like, uh, for those of us who are Catholic, a rosary, where you're saying the Hail Mary. And I'm not being sacrilegious, but that repetitiveness got to keep on dreaming, got to keep on dreaming. Um, it has now become one of our family anthems. Um, you know, when we're together, almost any road trip, uh, we will play dream baby dream at least a couple of times on the trip. Um, you know, if, if, if we're having a tough time, we play dream baby dream. Um, it just is, exactly what you're talking about has become ours. It's, it's when I was looking for a job, I would play dream baby dream before I went in for the interview, you know, just for that, you know, you got to keep on dreaming, mm -hmm. got to keep on dreaming. So, um, I, I've never heard him do it live. I would love to hear that. So I totally get what you're saying about the song. Yeah, it, it, uh, it on paper, it doesn't seem like the kind of song that like, if you're just reading the lyrics, it doesn't seem like a song that would just have such a profound impact, but it, it really does. We have a, a friend here, 
um, I call him a friend. He is one of the founders of a um, Bruce, a, a Springsteen cover band that lives here in Dallas. Mm. And he, he tells the story. So I'm not talking about it, but he was going through a depression and he said, um, you can hide neath your covers and study your pain, make crosses from your lovers, throw roses in the rain, waste your summers praying in vain. He said that was him. Literally. He was just, he could get out of the, under the covers. He was so depressed. He was so, um, and I think people who, who don't understand mental illness, well, just cheer up, you know, just, just go listen to something funny or, you know, get out in the sunlight. I've had just a little bit of it, um, where you, you just don't have the energy. Mm -hmm. You, you're just, it, it is this overwhelming darkness I think anything that can bring you that light and that sunshine is pretty amazing. And, and Alex, thank you for sharing. And your story is very special, but not unique of people I've talked to. There's a lot of people that get their strength from Bruce's music. Oh, for sure. Um, which is something that when I think about like what resonates with me the most, like, when I think born to run, what is it that I'm running from? Because I, you know, don't have any, any, I, I love Vancouver and I love my family and it's nothing like that, but running from the mindset that, that there must be something better than this, that this is just these negative thoughts and this depression that I, you know, you can't get out of it. And that if you don't just, you know, try and run, then, then it's going to consume you and trap you. And, the same sort of themes that Bruce has in those earlier albums that it's my, my New Jersey that he was running from was my own mind and, and that depression, uh, which kind of brings me to another song which is just darkness on the edge of town that I was, I was in the hospital for a bit and being in the hospital in the, like in the ward and seeing these people, the real common thread you all share is not yet being able to to kind of face yourself in the mirror and come to terms with what you're dealing with, which is why, you know, at that point, it's important to be hospitalized. And lines like the no one asks any questions or looks too hard at your face when like when I was in there, I had the people like very kind people and nice people. And there was a piano and I'd often play and, you know, they'd be laughing, but, but everyone had that, that, you know, darkness on the edge of town secret that they, they couldn't face. And that was one that I had for so long because I didn't tell anybody really about what I was going through leading up. And that defiant hopelessness at the end of the album of, everything that I've got just facing it um, because I've been wanting these things that I thought I could only find by running. And I know that now I need to face this and it's going to be awful, but it needs to happen. You need to kind of stop running. And yeah, that, that's another very big one. And I think that's, if someone asked me what's my favorite song of all time, I would say born to run. But if someone asked me what's my favorite Bruce song, I would say darkness on the edge of town. 
you know, I, I've I've talked, I've been very clear that uh, Land and Hope and Dreams and Better Days are two of my by far favorite songs. If if I had to rank them, that would probably be the two that mean the most to me. So I'm curious, what about Land of Hope and Dreams um, speaks to you? Because I know why it does to me. So maybe like <clears throat> half a year to a year after I got out of the hospital, because I was hospitalized twice for almost attempting to take my own life, which again is something mm. that's tough to talk about, but yes. normalizing and people not living in shame or secrecy, the only way to do that is to kind of talk about it. And I was living with this kind of guilt that I am an awful person because I I did that, because I wanted to do that, and that it was unredeemable. And... um and then I had this, and, uh, and I, I'm I'm going to have to stop you there. I just, it, and it's easy for you know a short fat guy from Texas who's a podcaster, but you know, there's no shame in feeling defeated, and and you should not, you should be proud of yourself that you can talk about this and you can share because. I think more of us have that issue than we want to admit. So um, I don't want to sound corny, but thank you for your courage and and thank you for sharing for this. This this means a lot to me. No, I'm I'm more than happy to do it, and it's one of those th- one of those things that everyone will feel these kind of feelings to some extent, whether it's very very little or or you know to being as far further than I have. And that you don't need to go off the deep end to feel like this and to feel lost and defeated that it, uh, your, your feelings are justified, even if you think they're not, uh, like worthy or, oh, I, it's just a small thing. It's not as bad as someone else. It's still very justified and valid. Absolutely, Alex. It is, um, you know, when... When you're in that darkness and when you are feeling just things overwhelming you, um, you know, it is good when you have music that can help you. you. You're good when you can have friends that help you. And But I do agree with you talking about it and sharing it and letting people know, hey, you're not alone. There, there are a lot of people who feel that way. So, um, good. Well, we're getting deep. That's okay. We're, we're going to hang tight. <laughs> so go ahead, my friend. Uh, yeah. So, um, people who have stuck with me so far on this episode, I hope, I hope you're ready. Jesse, I'm going to go off the deep end here because that's okay. around this time, six months later, I had two very, very profound dreams. And now I'm not usually one to, while I, I, I dream very abnormally, uh, like I go right into REM sleep, just kind of, that's just how I am, but I'm not one to, you know, take stock in, in my dreams or, uh, like thinks they're, they're signs, you know, it's my brain making sense of, of the day, but sure. these are things that 
if I were, and I grew up Catholic and it's something like my faith is not something that I have sat down and talked to myself about yet. But if I were more of a believing man, um, these would be like, this is, this is the catalyst that kind of brought me even a bit back to what I grew up with. Uh, so the first one was, I was witnessing my own body on the top of a top of a building and I was kind of out of it and I kind of saw myself jumping off and I had this sinking feeling inside of me that this is me having lost this is me who no longer is dreaming and it was awful and then I see myself on the ground and I see people around me and I look up and I see my late grandfather in a suit with a very sad smile and then I woke up. And then a few days later, I had a dream. I was in my room at, at home and I heard steps coming up the stairs. And you know how with your family, you can tell who's coming up the stairs by the sound of their steps. And so Great. I hear my dad, but the door opens and it's not my dad, it's Bruce. And I, you know, I'm overjoyed and, and, and I'm so excited and I'm talking to him about like, this was before the river tour and I'm like, oh, the new album and, and all these cool things and asking him all these questions I had. And in retrospect, it really just was like me talking to myself about Bruce because, you know, it's in my dream, but sure. uh, I, we have, we're having this conversation and then when there's a little lull, he says to me, Alex you're so supported and I don't remember the, the exact words, but it was something like you're so supported and everyone loves you. You can still going, you don't have to feel guilty and you don't have to want to kill yourself. And I woke up in such a, such a just sudden out of breath days and with the thoughts later on. And it's something that like, I don't, I probably think about this once a week and this was a couple years ago now that if there was some sort of interventionist God who chose a form to appear to me in a dream that I would understand, that is who he would pick. And that's not, I'm not saying that, you know, Bruce is God, but that it, it was, it was just so profound something that I still think about often. No, I, 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 I get that because I do think that, um, you know, there are people that come to our lives both in, in a dream or in reality when we need them. So I, I absolutely could see that, um, that, that, that must've been really comforting mm -hmm. and, and terrifying at the same time, uh, yeah. which going into perhaps why why I was so emotionally distraught when he played Dream Baby Dream when I saw him, because this was well before the River Tour. And yeah. this, I wouldn't say I have very many regrets in my life. I try and go with the mindset that every day is the best day of my life. Uh, sure. But one regret, when Bruce released the book, he went on a book signing tour and he went to Seattle. And I remember... I I didn't I didn't get tickets and I didn't try and I feel like at the like I don't like if it was now I was like of course I of course I would do that 
But at the time, I feel like I'm like subconsciously, I felt like I couldn't handle it. Like I wouldn't be able to, to meet him in the flesh. Um, there was this, I went out with, with a girl very briefly sometime in the last couple of years whose father went and she said that he was complete, like he said that he was completely fine and he was like overjoyed seeing him. And then he gets into the car and just started sobbing. Yeah. But, uh, but just wait, um, I'm going to, I'm going to meet him. I, uh, Last winter, the the Killers, who were another one of my favorite bands, they came to Vancouver, and I made a sign saying, "Can I come on stage and play the keyboard for one of the songs?" And I did, and they pulled me on. And then I met the lead singer after the show. He pulled me on the tour bus, and I've had a taste of that. Just you wait, next E Street Band tour, you're going to see me on the stage with Bruce. Nice. That is very very cool. Just just you uh, wait, it's going to happen. Okay, I hey, you know, he he does a fair amount of that, you know, and on this this past river tour, he did a fair amount. Um, that's that's wonderful. I I love that. Um, you know, I've talked about. I had that similar moment when, um, my son was going through some tough times in college and. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the I I played him Land of Hope and Dreams, and um, also Brad Paisley's letter to me, um, and it when Bruce played Land of Hope and Dreams after that had happened, I I will tell you, Alex, I was crying. I was sitting in my seat, enjoying the song and crying, and during my chemo, um, it was a song that I played every time I got chemo, you know, and then there would be times where I would just hit it repeat over and over again. Um, just with this, um, you know, come on board, you know, this is, um, I, it's, it's such a powerful song and, and I, there is so much joy in that. And there's so much, if you wanted to do, a study like a if let's let's pretend we're rob and we wanted to do a series of sermons i mean land of hope and dreams you could build a series of just off those songs the imagery and the messages that bruce is trying to tell oh most certainly and uh that's the same thing that's what that song meant to me it means to me and meant to me at the time that, um, that, you know, saints and sinners and losers and winners and, and it, it, it just, you need to get on board and the train is for everyone and, and just, just, just get on board and you can, you can be there, you can be redeemed and you can, it's, it's a hard emotion to describe of what that land and hope and dreams means for you, but, um, you just need to, to get on board. Uh, there's a, there's a band right now called, called gang of youths who I wouldn't really call a lot of music life affirming other than Bruce and this band and the lead singer on the last song of the new album, it's called say yes to life. And he said that, uh, he wants on his, his gravestone to say when life asked, he said, yes. And it's the same mentality put to words of land and hope and dreams of just 
say say yes to everything to the good times and the bad times and you're when you're a saint and when you're a sinner just say yes and accept it and and be living and and in yeah yeah i i i I do not know the song, but now that I just Googled the lyrics, so I'm definitely going to um, want to hear it um, because I do that. I'm reading it, and I feel that way. Um, You know, when when we talk about it, um, dreams will not be thwarted um, because I, I think too many of us um, can be beat down by life and by what's going on. And, and when you talk about that, that song in the, you know, darling, if you're weary, lay your head upon my chest. We'll take what we can carry and we'll leave the rest. Um, it's just, there's so much beauty in that. Um, I, I'm totally right there. And the idea that this is a train carrying imperfect people. Mm -hmm. Um, these are, this is the, this is a train made of lost souls and people that have been hurt by life, but they're continuing their faith. They're continuing to work. Um, truly, truly beautiful. Oh, you, you get me all choked up, Alex. I love it. Uh, yeah, most, most certainly that wrecking ball really, the, the, that album resonated with me a lot. I feel it. I mean, it, I feel like it's at least for me, it was a bit easier to get into than magic at the time, but it went very hand in hand with the, when I was listening to things like darkness and, and the selected songs from Wild Innocent. Not that I don't like all the songs, but there's a very different emotion for me between Incident and with with Incident and New York City Serenade than the rest of the album. Uh, like the whole like walk tall or don't walk at all. Um, that those kind of things went very hand in hand with Land of Hope and Dreams and Wrecking Ball for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anything else to share before before we switch to the podcast? So, yeah, with Bruce going forward, translating to Canada, I would say that there are two kind of Canadian, not equivalents, but uh, or perhaps the Canadian equivalent. Not that I would put them as the same level as Bruce, but two. Canadians, what Bruce is to America is the tragically hip. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. listened to much of their stuff, but no, I the, haven't. The themes and the songwriting of Gord Downey, the lead singer of just like Heartland of Canada and the poetry, and it's it's so uniquely and profoundly Canadian with the same sort of themes that Bruce had, but not in a way that someone like Brian Adams, who, you know, I, I, everyone, I love a good Brian Adams song, but say like summer of 69 is just, I find like discount Bruce, but this is just similar, but not like not in musical style, 
he they're not by any means emulating Bruce, but they are that same sort of identity and themes. Uh, and the other is Arcade Fire. Right. Who Bruce has, in fact, performed with once. Uh, at one show, I want to, it's a basic fact. I want to say that it was in Jersey or New York. Bruce came on stage and played and sang with them on their song, Keep the Car Running. And they, on their early tours, would very often cover State Trooper, like every show, back when they didn't have enough songs to really stretch out a long set list of just original stuff where they had just like one and a half albums. So they threw in covers and they did State Trooper like almost every show. And so, yeah, with Arcade Fire, the way in a very different way than most other music I've ever gotten into. And I've talked about this on our podcast. I was in the library at some point when I was in elementary school, because I went to the library a lot when I was younger, before I kind of realized that girls were out there. And before I really got involved with, with sports, I went to the library and I read books. And um, I one day I was like, I want to listen to new music. And so I went and I got in the A section and I took out Arcade Fire's Funeral and uh, I want to say like the Arctic Monkeys and Alexis on Fire, bands that I had heard of but I hadn't listened to and nothing else stuck with me but first line opening notes of the first song on their first album just hit me like a truck and it, like I haven't, I haven't gone back. And a lot of their themes, especially on their earlier albums, are very hand-in-hand hand with Bruce, especially, say, on, on The Suburbs, where which is their third album, making peace with nostalgia and making peace with growing up. Um, or even on, on the last song in their first album is called In the Backseat. And it's the same sort of themes as Wreck on the Highway, but maybe five years before where the the lead female singer is singing that she is she likes the peace in the back seat in the sense that she doesn't have to drive and she doesn't have to think she can fall asleep and then deals with the fact that she's facing death for the very first time and it's just being afraid of uh very much so like born to run that idea of not wanting to get trapped by something and not wanting to get trapped by a place where you are or a mindset that you're in and just trying to to escape that is very much the themes on their first two albums and then they get to their third album which is mainly about making peace with the past and making peace with with where you're from and and who your parents are and uh and all those feelings you had when you were younger and just realizing that it's okay to feel that way and it's okay to feel like you're growing up. Uh, say, for example, Bruce would, on like my father's house where, say, live Bruce talked about how he would drive back to the house and just sit outside right. of it at night. And, um, he, and in the song where it says that, I'm sorry, son, no one by that name lives here anymore. But this this physical thing that embodies what what he put into the relationship with his father in on Arcade Fire's song The Suburbs, they talk about 
how all of the walls they built in the 70s finally fall and all the houses they built in the 70s finally fall and it meant nothing at all. And that all of these kind of physical things we hold on to emotions, that letting them go and realizing that it's ourselves that need to change, that very thematically I find line up with Bruce. So I I am not familiar with Arcade Fire. Um and I don't know, I'm, I'm going to be that guy. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard, a couple of years ago, I did a newbie episodes where I took people who were podcast hosts and who were not familiar with Bruce Springsteen's music, and I gave them 10 songs to listen to. Ah. Uh, I gave them Rosalita, Promised Land, Badlands, out on the street, highway patrolman, better days, into the fire, girls in their summer clothes, jack of all trades, land of hope and dreams. Okay. Those are the 10 I gave them. And I said, listen to them. You don't have to buy them. You can find them on YouTube, Spotify. And then we had them come on the show and we discussed them one at a time. And I said, you don't have to like them. I said, but, the whole point is, as a newbie, I want to hear your impression. Do you like the songs? Do you not? Um, after hearing you talk about Arcade Fire, if you want to do the work, you give me 10 songs, and I would love to guest on your podcast, share you my feelings. We would, because, we would love that. I can give you 10 songs right now. Okay, well, you can email them to me. Okay. And they'll look at them. And, because, and think about it, and because... I, I I am fascinated with the way you're describing this. This sounds like um, I'll mix my metaphors a little bit. Um, I was I used I still am a fan of tuning into Sci-Fi TV, okay. um, a, a podcast that talks about you know genre TV. And when it first started, um, they were talking about Supernatural, and I went, yeah, I just never got on there. And um, Wendy who's been on this podcast said, Jesse, you have to be watching this show. And in my mind, listening to you talk, Alice goes, Jesse, you need to be listening to this band. So, uh, yeah. So let's take that as a side project. Um, you know, I, I'd love to do that as a special episode. If you, if you guys would want me, cause I think that would be fascinating. Yeah, we would, we would love it. I'll talk to, Owen, my co-host, about putting 10 songs together. And yeah, we, we would love to have you on. Awesome. The other thing is um, I'm going to reach out to Terry, who does the Tea Time with Terry. I, I don't know if you've heard those episodes. Um, the premise is that you pick a song from every decade you've been alive. So if you were born in the, I was born in 96. Huh? Yeah. So you would get three songs. Okay. The nineties, the aughts and the 2010s. And, um, and it needs to be a song from that decade and it can be any reason you want. Um, as much as music has been to you, I think you would be a fascinating guest on his podcast to, to have you pick which songs you want to pick of those three decades to tell the story of your life. So um, we'll think about that too. I'm going to talk to 
uh, Terry about maybe having you join so we can, he, he's going to be starting this, um, tea time with Terry podcast as a spinoff of, um, this one. Yeah. That's um, phenomenal. I would love that. Yeah. Um, so obviously arcade fire spoke to you and so, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, your co-host name. Owen. Okay. So, um, so did you just, were you listening? Well, first off, how did you find JB and Rob's, uh, podcast? Honestly, I don't remember. Uh, okay. That's, it was, that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It was quite a while ago at this point and, it, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't really remember. It was the only podcast I listened to for quite a while. Yeah. And so how deep into it did you go? Um, Hey, Owen, do you want to do a podcast? I, I mean, I just picture this, you, you calling your buddy and going, Hey, you know what I think would be fun? We should do this. Talk to me about the story. How did you start this? Well, Owen and I live together. He's my roommate. Uh, okay. Uh, and, um, he's a year younger than I am and, but is in the same program and we met through rowing. I, I've been saying sport a couple times in the podcast, rowing. I used to row competitively and we both love arcade fire and we saw them last October, I guess like a year and a half ago, October. And when they released a new album, we talk about it all the time and we kind of had this like, we, we could do this. This could be a show. This could be a podcast. Uh, we could talk about every single song the way that Rob and JB do. And then we 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 did. And uh, we we didn't think people would want to listen to it. And then here we are. That That is awesome. Um, so I, I take it the same premise. You got a list of um, their Arcade Fires alphabetically, and you're going through them one by one. Yep. We also did the only studio releases, but then we had people write in, particularly for one song, uh, why didn't you do this one? And are you going to do these ones? And we said, no, we, we were just doing official releases. But then when we had one of them on the show, we talked to them and we said, oh, everyone's asking what's next. Uh, like, well, what's the next step for Arcade Fire? But we want to go back to the very beginning and get your take on these like four songs, whether you think they're official Arcade Fire songs or not. And one of the four, he said, yes. And so that we are doing all of their official releases and that one song. That is awesome. Um, I, I, I'm sure you must have been just thrilled when um, he the member decided to join you. Oh, I was thrilled when we first started off. I tweeted at all the band members and that, Hey, we started the podcast, whatever, whatever. And the lead singer tweeted back at me saying, um, uh, if it was me, I would have done reverse alphabetical, but we can't all be artists. And just for him to respond and know we exist, we were thrilled, like, like ecstatic. And then, to get to this point when one of them came on the show, it was, it was even, even more so. Yeah. And that's actually, um, that's a pretty cool, I mean, that's a cool tweet. Uh, you know, not, that was actually as, as we say, 
pretty good shtick where, uh, you know, aware enough that saying, hey, well, I would have done it Z to A, but, you know, teach its own. Uh, that's that's very, very slick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and just knowing his personality and the kind of jokes he makes in interviews and stuff like it was very, very kind of on brand and in character for him with his kind of sense of humor. And it just it it's one of those things that like with with Twitter, it can you can it makes you feel like maybe these these celebrities are your friends. And I mean, we were very aware and it was one of the things that we only had the guy on the episode knowing that like for maybe half an hour we were joking around, but like, he's not our friend. Uh, after that, you know, he's his own life and stuff. But in those moments, it really seems like, like, Oh yeah. You know, he, he tweeted at me, my, my friends tweeted at me. And so does Wynn Butler, the, the lead singer. Yeah. Um, I was, um, excuse me, Kevin, um, Kevin Pollack was on a uh, podcast being interviewed and he mentioned uh, someone said, um, do people treat you like they know you that they're friends because of the podcast? And um, he said, absolutely. You know, it even more than, you know, like someone on television uh, when someone you're, you know, people listen to you once or twice a week. They, they hear your stories. It does feel like you're becoming friends with them. And I think the same thing with, uh, there's a couple of people, you know, that, um, interact with me on Twitter that I've never met, but I, I feel like I know them, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like, you know, we uh, quote unquote friends. And, and I realize in today's world, you know, friendship is a very broad, uh, banner, but I think that's okay. Um, so yeah, very cool. Now, where are you guys in the alphabet? We are on, uh, M. We just did a song called month of May. We're about, okay. we have just over a year to go, but, uh, okay. this week we release on Wednesdays and I imagine that this episode will either come out at the same time. So I'm not really going to be spoiling anything, but for our one year anniversary, we're going to be re re we're going to be reviewing the non-official song that everyone emailed in about. Oh, good. And we're having. Yeah, um, sorry, go ahead. No, I try to record a couple weeks in advance. Oh. So uh, so this will be out like probably on the 23rd of February. Yeah. 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 So. Well, very cool. Yeah. And. Um, so like Go one ahead. thing I really love about this is that, like you were saying, we now have kind of a community of listeners that are like outside of the, the subscribers, but like a community of listeners that will regularly talk to us. And now I've come on the show a couple of times, like the person we're going to have on the show on Wednesday is, uh, has been on the show before and he's about our age, but he lives in Paris and, you know, we've never seen him and probably never going to meet him in real life, but you know, he, we, we often will talk about these things and it, it, I, I love that. I love the community that we've created or become a part of 
by doing the show. Yeah, I I feel the same way. Um, when I, when I went up to uh, New York to see Springsteen on Broadway, I was lucky enough to get a ticket, and my wife was kind enough to help me fund my trip to New York. Um, and the um, Bella was like, oh, are you coming? We're meeting for dinner, you know, and, and we laughed because, um, you know, I had talked to Bella on the podcast and had heard her with JB and Rob. And when we saw each other, you know, we gave each other a big hug and it truly just felt like we were having a conversation on, on Mike versus just sitting over burgers talking. And, and it was just so cool to see that. De- definitely. Well, one day I hope to also meet Bella. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's the best. <laughs> she really is. The- I, I made the joke and I'm only halfway joking. I, I wish I had a daughter who could be gay. So the, <laughs> that she could date Bella. Cause uh, I think just Bella is the coolest person ever. Um, our, our little, or like a, a very, very passing dream. Uh, I don't know if you listen to the gaslight anthem and Brian Fallon at all, perhaps the most Bruce influenced people of the 21st century who are also from yes. Jersey and use a lot of like direct Bruce imagery. Um, mm they were doing a reunion tour for their 10th anniversary of their fame, most famous and easily best album. And Bella is also a big fan of, of them and of the lead singer solo stuff. And we were joking, like, Oh, we go to, I'll come to New York and, and we'll watch the reunion show or go to Toronto, um, which Toronto, for people who aren't from Canada, it may seem misleading that, Oh, it's, they're both in Canada, but Toronto is like, 4,500 kilometers away. I don't know what that is in miles, actually. Yeah. But it's like New York to LA. Right. Or like um, New yeah. York to Seattle. Yeah. And I know kind of the same way, um, you know, people go, well, it's in Texas, Jesse. And I'm like, yes, but Texas is big. <laughs> you know, uh, we're, we're part of Texas. Well, we're going to Austin. Okay. I said, that's. That's a three and a half hour drive. Now I'm not saying it's not worth seeing you. I, if I can, I will, but you know, yeah, exactly. It's, um, you know, like I said, when I went to Winnipeg, I was thinking, ah, you know, I'm going to see the pretty part of Canada and instead just the flatness. Um, you could have, Winnipeg, uh, you could have been, you could have went to Churchill, Manitoba, polar bear capital of the world. That's the oh. my one my one cool uh oh going to Manitoba. Winnipeg is in Manitoba. Going to Manitoba, Churchill, Manitoba, polar bear capital of the world. Very nice. But very um, far from, from Winnipeg. Yeah, I um it you know, I've had uh several um people from Canada join me on the uh podcast. So um I'm glad to have another one. Um, what else do we need to talk about, Alex? Um, I was going to say that with Arcade Fire, uh, something that both JB and Rob kind of talked about is that while they are Canadian, the 
lead so so the band is Win Butler, who's the lead singer. His brother, his younger brother, Will Butler, and then Win, the lead singer, is married to Regine Chassang, who is like the female lead singer, but doesn't like say on an album she'll have one or two songs and he'll have like the other seven. Uh, okay. So like the husband and wife, and then his younger brother, and then. Richard Reed Perry, uh, Tim Kingsbury, Sarah Newfield, and Jeremy Gara. And all of them are Canadian, except for Regine, who immigrated from Haiti when she was very young to escape the, the revolution. And they immigrated to Montreal. And then the two brothers moved to Montreal around university age, but they're actually from Houston, from a suburb just outside of Houston. And so some of the imagery they use... Uh, JB was talking about it specifically is very close to home for them. And I imagine maybe for you too, because it's, it's imagery of, of Texas and of, uh, of, of that area. Okay. Very cool. Um, all right. I, I am not aware of that, but I'll have to check it out. Um, this has been great. I, I did. This has been so much fun. Um, and, and I'm now can't wait to go check out, um, a, a, a few songs. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, Mary question. I can't get you off without the, well, a couple other things. One wish list. Uh, how many times have you seen arcade fire? Uh, twice. Okay. Uh, because when they came on their they had an album out in 2014 and when they came for that they played a festival in pemberton british columbia which is like an hour away and like their biggest claim to fame is they have the festival in the summer but okay that was kind of before i really went to concerts or worked so i could go to concerts sure and so i didn't go to that and then on this tour i saw them uh, uh, with Owen. And then I saw them again, the Juno awards, which is like the Canadian Grammys were in Vancouver. And so from way up in the top upper bowl, I saw them perform one of their songs and win album of the year. And that was very cool. Very nice. Um, so in both, both bands, um, songs that you haven't heard live that you'd want to both Bruce and, arcade well a bruce like a wish list is is how many am i limited to here (laughs) good answer uh it would be (laughs) if you could give your top few okay uh how about i'll give you uh one per album (laughs) okay that's a good i love that in order lost in the flood uh hmm New York City Serenade, uh, Jungle Land. Although, of course, I'd want to see Backstreets, but Jungle Land, uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town, without a doubt. Uh, well, I've seen all of the river already, but I'd want to see. Uh, when I think of like wishlist songs, I don't think of the hits like. Of course, I would want to see the river, but I'm thinking more deep cuts, and I'd sure. want to see uh, a wreck on the highway or stolen car again. On Nebraska, the full band version of Atlantic City is really cool. I would also 
reason to believe would be or Johnny 99. I think yeah, Johnny 99 would be okay. My other than Atlantic City pick on Born in the USA uh, Downbound Train uh definitely Tunnel of Love from Tunnel of Love uh Hot Take Tunnel of Love is one of my favorite ones. Even even Ain't Got You. I uh I don't know if you've listened to have you listened to the official release the Los Angeles 1988 Yes. The way that he does uh, Ain't Got You into She's the One with that same boom, 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 boom beat. And like the, the no, like it's not on the album where it's kind of like, like uh, almost jokingly singing, but it's like under his breath and almost bitter into She's the One. And it, it's so, it's so good. I love it so much. And it, like when I listen to the album now, that is what I hear. And I, I really like it. Okay, um, I will re-listen to that. Thinking uh, from that perspective, I, I can do that. That is that's one of my I think top three live full albums. Um, okay, yeah, Tunnel of Love from Tunnel of Love. It's another one of my favorite songs. Although, really, anything from the back half or spare parts. Uh, yeah, picking one, Tunnel of Love from Tunnel of Love. I uh, I really like Be- uh, Lucky Town. The I've got dirt on my hands, but I'm building me a new home. I really like that. So, um, Lucky Town from Lucky Town. I I like Gloria's Eyes. It's uh, it's kind of cheesy, but um, or I wish I were blind. Both of those are pretty cheesy songs, but I like them. I think those are my two favorites off of Human Touch. Okay, yeah, that's 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 good. I yeah, I I you'll have to perhaps on a different time convince me. On I, human touch and especially human touch, I don't. It's it's not for me compared to the other stuff. Sure, I uh, I'd love to see Nils's solo for Youngstown, but I would also love to see Highway Twenty Nine. I yeah. find Highway Twenty Nine is just such a like terrifying song, almost. Um, yeah, I. From from tracks, I like uh, Linda. Let me be the one. I like. Uh, I don't know if Lonely Night in the Park is on tracks or on the Lost Masters, but um, on the Rising, probably. I like further on up the road. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, further on up the road, and from Devils and Dust, title track or Long Time Coming. I really in long time coming when he says the the if I had one wish in this godforsaken world it'd be that your mistakes would be your own and your sins would be your own I I like that resonates with me so hard and I couldn't really pinpoint why I mean I don't have any children but but in a way that like me thinking in years to come when I do have children and the way Bruce talks about especially on the Broadway show how the hereditary nature of depression from his dad and not wanting that to go forward um and just let let your children's mistakes be their own and that i mean for someone who hopefully won't have children for you know at least a good amount of years i uh it resonates with me a lot and and i will tell you as a father whose son will be 30 next month. Um, it does talk to me too 
that the idea of I want to tell you don't make the same mistakes I did. Don't you may make your own mistakes, but let me try to walk you through and give you advice so you do not trip up the same way I did. Yeah, I, I think that is a I agree with you, very powerful lyric. Yeah, it that like I like I like the song Devils and Dust a lot. Um but Long Time Coming is certainly my favorite on that. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. McGrath, I would love to share that with my little sister too. Like, it's sure. Such a, I like my Oklahoma home as well. It's just, it's so much fun. Uh, on Magic, Girls in Their Summer Clothes, uh, Devil's Arcade would be a different mood. If mm-hmm. like, I think about if it's like a Devil's and Dust tour kind of thing, then yeah, bring bring out Valentine's Day, bring out devil's arcade but if it's like an east street band full show i'd want to see girls in their summer clothes i remember both times so the second time i saw them in seattle i was in the pit like i got uh floors floor and i won the lottery so i was in the pit and i was very very close like touched him when he crowd surfed and both shows when they were sound checking the uh like the roadie came out and he sound checked the riff of radio nowhere and like this was the first time I saw Bruce and it was like, wow, this isn't even him, but they're playing. I know that song. That's a Bruce song. And it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was, it was really cool. Working on a dream, like the wrestler. I, I, yeah, I, sure. I don't know if there's a lot of other songs on there that I would pick over other songs to see. Uh, I'd love to see the promise. Uh, I'd, Wrecking Ball or Land... I think Land of Hope and Dreams over Wrecking Ball, although I would love to see Wrecking Ball. And we're almost at the end. Um, American Beauty off American Beauty. This is another hot take, especially compared to JB and Rob. I don't love American Beauty. Uh, it, uh, Yeah, I've tried, but none of those really click for me. Okay. And then Dream Baby Dream. Yeah. Uh, without a doubt. Yeah, ab- absolutely. From like from the ties that bind, there are a lot of songs that I actually knew before he released the box set. Because like I said, I just dove into the deep end and found all of like the un un like the non mastered, uh, just just kind of fuzzy recording tapes that are like takes one through seven of of different songs. And one of like oh the one I listened to the most was on that called in the city tonight. And then when meet me in the city tonight came or meet me in the city, it was such a like, wow, I, I know this song. I love that song. And there are a lot of other ones that I like, like chain lightning or uh, restless nights that I thought he would be bringing out um, on that tour. I thought that he would be mixing in some old stuff or some outtakes after the main river set. But I mean, both shows I went to were four hours. I, like I, there's nothing more that uh, the man can do. Yeah, exactly. Well, good. I, I, you know, I, I think, I think that'd be a good set just there. If he just did those, right? Yeah. <laughs> that'd be a great set. Oh, that's perfect. Um, all right, Alex. So you, we're gonna, you're going to get me some songs. I will. I'm going to, I'm going to do some research. I'm going to go, I'm going to, you're going to broaden my horizons. Uh, 
I appreciate that. Uh, you guys are continuing uh, your path to hitting it. All right, before we go, uh, you got to answer the very question. So um, if, for those of you, because everyone, every listener, every episode is someone's first episode. Uh, Jay Armstrong a, has been on the podcast. He is an honors English teacher, and he teaches a section on Thunder Road with his seniors. They go through Thunder Road. They discuss it as a poem. He compares it to Robert Frost, The Road Less Traveled. And um, at the end of discussing it, he asks the question, does Mary get in the car? So that is your question. What do you say, Alex? She does. Um, she gets in the car and she stays in the car until racing in the street. And uh, that's that's what I think. Okay. Uh, I think that the whole album cycle that she also believes that uh, she believes and she wants to believe with with him. And they're both young and and full of full of life and hope. And she gets in the car and they drive off into the sunset. Um, yeah, with without a doubt, I think she gets in the car. All right. I, uh, have you read by any chance the Bruce Springsteen philosophy book? No, I haven't. There's this whole series called like or like whatever and philosophy that is like Star Wars, Doctor Who, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, like most things you can think of. And they're kind of anthologies where it's a collection of little like essays by different authors. And the best one in that book is called um, it's something like fatality and feminism racing in the street and about how he can the the person who writes that compares Tracy Chapman's fast car as the female perspective of racing in the street and thunder road and other songs like that, but more so the later darkness stuff. And I just, I love that. But I think that at this point she still believes with okay. him and the main character hasn't become tired and, 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 and complacent and just letting the time pass by she still believes with him and without a doubt sealing in my answer, she gets in the car. Okay. And what's the name of the book? It's called uh Bruce Springsteen and philosophy. Okay. Darkness on the edge of truth. Okay. Yep, that's I the one. see it right here. I will add that to a show note. Uh, I'll have to check that out. I've, yeah. I've read like so many, like, of like of, as much as I could find of, of Bruce uh, books about him. And that is, probably like easily the, the best one that I've read. Uh, yeah. Good. All right. Um, Alex, this has been amazing. If someone's to reach you, how can they? So if you would like to listen to check out our podcast, you can look us up on iTunes or Stitcher or wh wherever you get your podcasts at arcade fire sings the alphabet. Our website is arcadefirealphabet.com. And if you want to find me specifically, I'm on Twitter at, at AJ Payende, which is my last name, and that's spelled A-J-P-A-Y-A-N-D-E-H. Very nice, Alex. And if you want to be like Alex and share your 
Springsteen story or maybe your favorite band story, you can reach me at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. Uh, have an email address at lesliebruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter as well at set Leslie Bruce. You can go to our Facebook page, set Leslie Bruce, like us there, and please go to iTunes and rate and review both podcasts. Um, it truly is how people find us. And, uh, we're always looking for new listeners. Um, all right, Alex, this is greatness. Any final thoughts you want to share? Uh, no, I, thanks so much for having me, Jesse. I had a phenomenal time. Well, I, I appreciate it. Um, it is a joy having you on. I, I, I think you have a wonderful story to tell. You're a great storyteller. And, uh, I look forward to exploring, uh, a little arcade fire music and talking as, as yeah. do I. but for now we're going to thank everyone. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.